0: to what is up ladies and gentlemen of the internet my name is jade and i'm joined this afternoon by my very good friend and colleague simon anderson how are you doing simon
1: afternoon jade doing very well thank you it's a uh, overcast wednesday afternoon Hub day has been <laughs> We're royally humped, and we're on the decline towards the weekend. It's party time.
0: Hump day has been royally humped. I'm not going to be able to think straight for the rest of the podcast, but can you believe that it's December already, Simon? We're two days in.
1: It's It feels like only yesterday we were entering lockdown back in March, and... All of a sudden, we're supposed to be singing Christmas carols and listening to Mariah Carey singing every time we enter a store.
0: Boy, oh boy. Uh, today for you folks, we have, uh, we're going to be talking about drug testing. There has been new legislation passed in New Zealand in regards to drug testing, specifically uh, for festivals and events of the like. And I would like us to have a bit of a conversation about the festive season and the, the drama that ensues with families, traditions, and things like that. But for now, Simon, I do have a question of the day. So are you ready for that?
1: Ready as always, mate. Hit us.
0: Awesome. So the question of the day, and this is as much for everybody at home as it is for Simon, the question of the day is would you would you have had an easier lifestyle if you were born one thousand years ago? Would you have had an easier lifestyle if you were born one thousand years ago? I don't know if you want to answer right now or you want me to sort of lead us in there, Simon.
1: Um can i ask for some follow-up parameters for the question please uh was am i born exactly as i am but and in the exact same place i was born a thousand years ago
0: uh let's assume that that your family is your family you were just born 1000 years ago yep
1: okay cool so in aotearoa a thousand years ago (laughs) <laughs> I, oh, who was around uh there is some debate about some uh cultures that predated maori's arrival in new zealand depending on who you ask but, of mean, course. well i mean yeah, they were there at a similar time as well but i'm talking about like you know b- never making contact with maoris or um you know very brief encounters at the very beginning of their time but um this is all alternative facts kind of stuff. Uh, but <laughs> I just putting myself in Aotearoa a thousand years ago, well, there's more, there's Kiwi abundance who don't know how to fly, um, there's fish, there's seafood. The one thing you're lacking is some like diverse fruits and roots, but I would probably say with my family, a thousand years ago, my lifestyle would be pretty easy. It would just be centered around gathering food and staying alive.
0: Uh, before I before I give my response, big shout out to Trip Fantasy Trip. We have not seen you in a long while, so welcome back. We'd love your response to the question of the day. Uh, for me, Simon, there's a question though about sort of disease. There's not many laws. One thousand years ago, pretty much anything could go down. We certainly didn't have the internet then Um, people as I understand it might have even still believed in witches around that time so you can die for no apparent reason just for looking like a witch Um, um, making it particularly personal I suppose people with disabilities weren't given more than um, five minutes to live because if you had any kind of defect it was sort of like you know off with you trip raises a really good question i'm not sure i've really thought about it are you guys discussing life's simplicity versus ease or well, actually trip i suppose with the question of the day i was actually trying to spin the cube on both of those things and find out where we all sat on that One of the things I would say about being born a thousand years ago is I would certainly position myself on land acquisition, knowing what I know now about where land values are at. (laughs) Uh, and, And I could, you know, my family, obviously I wouldn't know my family a thousand years in the future, but I'd have a pretty good understanding that they're going to do well and be very comfortable Any other comments you'd
1: like to make, Simon? I'm, I'm rethinking my position. I mean, Chip puts it, it quite well in terms of simplicity versus ease. Life would be a lot simpler. But I don't know. My life is fucking easy. Like, it, in, in the grand scheme of things, like a perspective, just comparing it to everybody else that is around now, the way I live my life is with, uh, ease and i'm not like bragging or trying to make myself feel better it's just a simple recognition like i don't have backbreaking labor to earn my um you know, my fun. <laughs> yeah I, I mean yeah i don't have to do anything i don't want to do i i want to go to work like i enjoy my work everything else i do in my life i do because i want to um Maybe, maybe my life is easier. What was the original question, Jade? The okay, now, let
0: me throw it up again for just for clarity. So, would you have had an easier lifestyle if you were born 1,000 years ago? Would you have had an easier lifestyle if you were born 1,000 years ago?
1: I'm flipping my answer. No, I would not have.
0: You reckon you'd have to work for
1: it? Yeah, I would. I would definitely. There's a there's an argument you made. Would I be happier potentially? Most likely, <laughs> I would have been happier. Um, or more fulfilled, maybe. But the, I don't know. Happy happiness isn't my best marker in terms of what I like to judge things on. I probably feel quite fulfilled a thousand years ago. Uh, but no. In terms of ease, oh. And nothing beats modern capitalist convenience, right?
0: The, the um, the counter argument to the point I made earlier, though, is I, I suppose a, th- a thousand years ago, you kind of boil it down to eating and nothing all day, and, and that sounds rather attractive. <laughs> yeah. So sort of providing for your family, getting food and making more babies, potentially. Well, yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't have protection a thousand years ago, so... There you go. Um, I do want to come to Tripp's uh, comments. Tripp says, I have an interesting graph that you guys might like. It's simulated data from a model called World 3 that plots general welfare over time. It has an interesting curve. Tripp, if you've got a link or a like a picture that I can throw up on stream that'd be most helpful. Sounds really interesting. How about you, Simon?
1: Yeah, I'd love to see it for sure. I Oh,
0: he's got a link. He's got a link. Hold on one sec. I hope this is not a troll.
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't want to get you DMCA'd. <laughs> I don't think I can get
0: DMCA'd over humming, but let
1: me shout just... out Shout out PewDiePie and KSI for getting his for PewDiePie's video getting copy striked for um the most terrible recorder playing and wind instrument like shouting into have ever seen. I didn't see that.
0: Alright, so apparently I have to do something all I need to do is click simulate and something starts happening yes oh yeah I'll give you a minute to see that Simon because I know you're delayed
1: no I can oh I'm I'm looking at it on my phone I'm on the website
0: oh yeah so I'm black and I'm slow so I'll probably need uh trip to sort of explain this
1: well yeah. what it looks like is that at around the year 2000 is the perfect intersection of natural resources meeting uh, the current population so it looks like from now onwards our population is going to increase at about the same rate that our resources are depleting
0: interesting
1: yeah uh, and then at about the year 20 what had... 30 30
0: yeah we get yeah. a dip in population because there's no resources left
1: yeah massive dip oh i can't wait for that that's uh, 10 years away <laughs> uh,
0: i'd love to I know i might start it... learning how to
1: grow some <laughs> veggies
0: <laughs> i'd love to know the data source for this Ah, it's here on the page. The World 3 model is a system dynamics model of computer-simulated interactions between population, industrial growth, food production, and limits in the ecosystems of Earth. Look at that. You can always trust TRIP to bring the goods. And let me just, let me just come to the, um, uh, comments. Click simulate and then human welfare index. Uh, let me see. Let me go back there. Oh, did I get rid of it already? Oh, human welfare index. Okay. Oh, yeah. geez Louise so at around about 2030 we're out of here simon
1: is that why everyone's trying to leave the planet
0: (laughs) i'd say so um aside from the graph the the whole system is shown in the model check the human welfare 2020 is the year it all starts going downhill so we're wrong. We said 2030. He says it's actually happening now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> over, <laughs> over.
1: See you later. I'm gone. No doubt. <laughs> so,
0: so, just for the people at home, because I pressed the wrong button, that's what it looks like. My goodness me. What a buzzkill, trip! What an absolute buzzkill.
1: My headset's beeping at me. I had to plug in.
0: Speaking of buzzkill. <laughs> 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 yeah, that that's amazing, trip. Thank you for that. Um, so, we, we have an evidence base to arrive at our collective response for the question of the day, I suppose, Simon. We would have been better off a thousand years ago.
1: Check out those natural resources and sparse population, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. But as I say, knowing what I know now, if if there was any any way I could be born a thousand years ago, land acquisition is what I'd be on. I'd be I'd be claiming that land like a mofo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... I mean that concept didn't exist in New Zealand. I mean it kind of did. You just had to go to war for it.
0: Yeah. So on to our first topic. Oh, well, I I think life would suck a thousand years ago for me. Before we move on, love to hear about that trip. Please please let us know your perspective. This is a interactive show after all. My favorite kind of shows are always the interactive kind. Otherwise, why go live? <laughs> there are so many streamers though that never talk to the chat and i suppose once you're super popular and your your chat's moving like 500 words a minute it's so like what can you do really
1: mm. well there's like uh I, I i'm sure just like those those graphs that trip shared there's probably some um interesting data around uh streamer uh viewership and the amount of chat interaction. And I'm sure it'd be like an inverse graph, you know, as viewership goes up, the chat interaction drops off at about the same rate. Yeah. So there's probably like a nice sweet spot somewhere in the middle where you've got a decent amount of viewers and you're actually engaging with them. I mean, like some, depending on the, the type of streamer you are, whether you're playing games or whether you're actually just talking or you're doing a hobby that allows some, you know, spare time to read chat, it, it varies.
0: We're probably going to have to plan some offline content, Simon, so you and I can have a break this year. That'd be good, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah, a (laughs) couple of things. I've I've got a few weeks planned around uh, New Year's as a break from my uh, day job.
0: Okay, so Trip says, If I weren't born rich, then I think I'd either die or work until I did. Over time, it seems the gap between those who are well off, and those that are struggling narrows. Uh, since economics tells us that the quality of life generally goes up in so much where now almost all necessities are covered, most ad- advances may be rooted more in affu- affluence uh, Then essentiality
1: yeah i mean i think i think that's based on the capitalism that dominates most of the world the thing that motivates um innovation is money and rich people have money rich people have run out of inconveniences to solve so it's just about decadence and extravagance at the moment
0: Yep, and, and I think I think the reason why certain people attract resources is because they're obviously solving a problem that people want to pay for. I, I think, like, I'm not an economics expert, but if you can solve a problem for people, they generally pay for it, and if you can create a system or service that's repeatable you you can't really run out of money until that system or service becomes obsolete and all all services eventually become obsolete i always talk about the you know in the in the disability community i often hear people say that You know, disability support providers aren't really allowed to fail, and I can assure you they are. Um, You know, we used to all embrace the steam train once, (laughs)
1: uh,
0: and we needed it for lots of things. It was really good for travel, really good for moving uh, goods, goods and services around. We don't have steam trains anymore, and if we do, it's just for recreation. So, I can assure you, everything becomes obsolete eventually. We no longer use Pentium 486s. We no, no longer use the G5 IMAX that had the big colored bubble on the back of them. Everything gets replaced. So, so yeah, economics is simple for me. It's not, about, it's not just about the rich getting richer, but the rich adapting to what people are asking for.
1: Yeah, well, if you can identify a need or manufacture a need, then yeah, you've got a captive market that you can can sell to. The other uh, other thing you can do is look for something that is naturally scarce that you have ownership over or manufacture that scarcity, like if you own the diamond mines.
0: Land, generally.
1: Yeah, but then you've got to make sure that the population agrees that land can be a good that is sold and bought. Like, yeah, there's, Depending on who you talk to, some people don't agree that land could be a commodity.
0: Well, New Zealand is fucked in terms of that.
1: Yeah. I think every country is. I don't know if there's any country where land isn't considered something to be <laughs> bought and sold.
0: Oh, Antarctica maybe?
1: But I mean, wasn't... Yeah, maybe. But that's not really a livable... Uh, country it's like a territory that has people stationed there but doesn't have its own laws in a society i guess well it does have its own laws but it's it, it
0: I don't can't know. it can't be used as as owned land it's sovereign land that can only be used for research i think uh, i don't mm. claim to be an antarctic expert by the way so trip has just called me a slumlord. uh so i've gone from renter to slum slumlord in about two seconds flat um land when repurposed can be a commodity i suppose farming we'd have to accept that simon
1: yeah i think so Yeah.
0: Cool. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> You look like you've got, problems. yeah, you look like you've got something on your mind.
1: I was just reading the comments, trying to yeah. catch up.
0: Mm. <laughs> it's all good. So should we move on to the first topic of the day? And I think uh, yours brings a lot of value. So should we start there first?
1: Yes, please. I should have sent you a link to accompany our discussion, but I've, I feel like I've done enough research to be able to talk about it. All right. Um, so... I
0: understand that today, I didn't realize it was today, uh, the New Zealand government passed, uh, new laws that speak to the testing of drugs at festivals and large events. Simon, I'll hand yeah. over to you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. The first point I'd like to make is what an interesting law to use your, uh, unchallenged majority to push through an urgency. Right.
0: Fantastic point. Yep. How of what, many? How many of other all great the things causes? you could do, Sandy. Yeah. Of all the things you could do, that's what you get when you vote in liberals, Simon.
1: <laughs> they just want to fuck up your kids. No, that's the opposite. That's the. Very, it's very much the opposite, and the research points to that. I'm very happy that I can go to a festival, an event over summer. um take my recreational substances with me hand over a small portion to a lovely um professional and say i think this substance is mdma or i think it's meth or whatever it might be test it please and tell me what it is i wait 10 or so minutes they come back and say well you've got rat poison and caffeine sorry what would you like to do with it and then you can say oh yeah probably not thanks you can dispose of that for me um, and what they can do is then you know send out a message to every other organization and event out there and say, this substance looks like this. it's been marketed as this, and it's actually this substance and it's harmful or it's not nothing more than caffeine. But yeah, so the I think it's awesome, but the legislation that I've been able to find on in articles, basically says that it's for a very limited time over the summer until they can come up with more permanent, um, policy. And the idea is that these organizations that have been off operating in a bit of, well, operating illegally, uh, have now will now have the ability to have short term possession of illegal substances and not be, uh, liable for prosecution. So basically the main organization is called know your stuff. They can set up a tent at a festival. The festival can um, be safe and known. They're not going to get uh, uh, charged by, by oh. the police for anything. Yep.
0: So you're telling me if they confirm you've got like pure real deal stuff on you, like uh, let's say for the sake of argument, ICE as it's known in America or P as it's known in New Zealand, they'll just give it back to you
1: they won't just give it back to you they'll say this is the substance here are the dangers here are the harms um and we strongly wish that you would be safe or leave the substance with us so they'll always give you the option to leave the substance behind regardless of what sort of purity it is but they, and they'll say okay, but they will yeah?
0: literally give you back the blue magic if you yep. want it, if you want it back, yeah. And that that seems so irresponsible. Like I didn't even realize that that's what the testing was about. I thought it was like checking everybody before they went out, and like like we're used to saying
1: No, no, something. I yeah, because that's already a thing, right? You go through the front gate through security. If they find your drugs on you, it's gone, and you could potentially be banned from the from the festival. If you make it inside with your drugs and you go to this tent and you hand it over to them, I mean, cause they don't really want to hold on. Well, they do, I guess, want to hold on to it. They want to dispose of it and get rid of it. But what they'll do is say, okay, so if you want to take this back, here is some information about how to do it safely. Here's some signs about whether you might've overdosed, some, um, some tips about how to manage that if it should eventually happen. So the whole thing is about reducing harm. Like people acknowledge that drugs will be taken their job is to allow people to take them safely. And that's the whole thing, right? People can take drugs safely. People can take like you can have meth. You can smoke it out of a pipe if you want to, and you could be totally healthy and fine. As long as you eat well. <laughs> no get way. rested. Up. You can't yes.
0: say that. I like I, will I like you, you Simon but you can't say that.
1: You can say that, because There's, it's true. you can nothing smoke healthy
0: meth, about meth.
1: Then why do we give it to our kids?
0: What are you talking about?
1: ADHD medication is just a different form of methamphetamine. Ritalin, Adderall, all that stuff is literally just meth, pretty much. Like, you can take meth and and still be considered healthy. Like, if I... Because I... I eat healthy, I get plenty of rest, I gym, I exercise. If I go out and smoke meth and I make sure I have a good and decent meal, I drink lots of water and I get rest afterwards once the high is finished, I would still be a perfectly healthy human. Like, that sort of drug use is safe. That
0: that doesn't account for the addictive factor, though. Like, yeah, one puff. One puff, okay. Yeah, a case could be made that one puff. Isn't gonna kill you on the spot, but the, say you were to take myth, oh, like I don't know where you're at with all that, and you don't need to say it on stream. But <laughs> say say you were say you were to do it, like tomorrow you'd be pretty keen to do it again.
1: Yeah, you'd but that's pretty, not. That's... And the
0: next day you'd be even more keen. The next day you'd be more keen. Then you're skipping your rent payment, still keen, and then. Away you go, mate. Mm-hmm.
1: But sugar is the same. Coffee is the same. Cigarettes are the same. Alcohol is the same. All those substances are legal and are highly addictive. They're still considered safe. Safe enough for them to be legal.
0: Cigarettes is like, yeah, okay. That That's one that I don't understand because I've seen the damage. Need to come to the chat. Thanks, everybody, for your interactions. Uh, Dr. Squidman uh says it's addictive as fuck speaking about meth uh Trip says with some drugs the problem isn't necessarily the substance itself when it's created properly and i assume with purity as well but rather the addiction and what it does
1: an addiction is a hugely personal um matter like one person can find one substance far more addicted than the other and it's all up to your willpower um whether you
0: here we go do you work for the cigarette lobby or because they use the willpower argument too
1: yeah okay so it chemically alters your brain (laughs) to make you want the substance i'm not ignoring that fact but i'm saying regardless of how much like (laughs) chemicals in your head are telling you you want something you can always overcome that with the proper supports in place like rest food water connection to other individuals that care about you all that stuff
0: i've seen pretty engaged you know decent people fall off the wagon pretty hard though how do you account for that
1: i mean it's rough it's that's that's the danger of the drug it doesn't mean that using it recreationally isn't safe.
0: (laughs) All right, so yeah, Tripp says, physiologically, addiction acts the same. Yeah, I, I forget what he's responding to there, my apologies.
1: yeah and then the next comment from dr squidman addiction can't be overcome by willpower alone no never well that, or not never uh, not isn't never that, isn't that but... the
0: point i tried to make though because i've seen very nice people like re- engage with their families not not like isolated or anything really engaged people working people like have a few too many good weekends and just fall fall right off the wagon i've seen it
1: yeah so have i yeah, yeah. lots of people close to me have um have uh, yeah ended in pretty have got themselves into some pretty tough situations because they've um developed a habit
0: so so let's get let's get down to business so you you mm-hmm. support this new mandate to be able to be handling drugs without repercussions.
1: Yeah. For the organizations that are there to test this, the purity and the contents of drugs. I definitely believe that they should be able to do that without a risk of being prosecuted because essentially it's a cost saving activity for the government you identify somebody's drugs that they've taken into a festival is rat poison you've saved them a night in er you've saved them a trip to from the ambulance you've you're you're saving their hospital bills as they recover or you're saving the police bills because they're not going to jail they're not getting arrested they're not causing any harm they're not beating anyone up because they're not taking the substance that they were going to had they not been informed Every every way you look at this bit of law change, it's a cost-saving exercise, a harm-reduction exercise. It's it's positive. I would love to see somebody try and make an argument to to, to say that these drug checkers uh, um, is wrong.
0: I have one, but we'll come to the we'll come to the comment first of all. Uh, is there is a physiological addiction and a psychological addiction. These, they're linked, but the subjectivity surrounding addiction lies in the psychological. Willpower can be part of the psychological, meaning it can be ignored to some degree, but that doesn't get rid of the addiction by any means. So I think I think what chat is trying to tell us is like, yep, yeah, there is an element of willpower. And, and can I be clear on record? Like, I accept that willpower is a factor on people living healthy lifestyles. I, I completely accept it. But yeah, we, we also need to accept that things are addictive. And will destroy you if consumed too many times.
1: Absolutely, everything in moderation, even myth.
0: <laughs> if you say so, I suppose the one one comment I want to make around this Simon, is: is there a risk that by creating creating this mechanism, we we're, we're doing we're doing free screening for the drug market and just helping people get the purest and mean buzz drugs they possibly can and taxpayers are paying for that
1: well the taxpayers aren't paying for it because these organizations aren't funded by the government but the i they're at a stage in the drug consuming process. So you have obviously right at the very beginning of it is the manufacturing from where the country it comes from through the transportation and then dissemination into local dealers. And, and then the transaction from user to, I mean, from the transaction from dealer to user, and then you've got the user holds the drugs, goes to the festival, gets through the gates and then gets them tested there's no way for you to then refund your purchase, go back to this guy and say, Hey, look, you fucking sold me rat poison, and then go find some other guy and then get your stuff tested again. And then like, it's at a point in that process where the chances of the, these organizations benefiting users to, to, to like pick and choose the best drugs just doesn't make sense. And there's an argument to be made that as a government, as a society we want people to be having the purest safest version of a drug always like you don't want any sort of adulterants or chemical extra chemicals in people's drugs
0: i'm just having to deal with some mm-hmm. spammers or oh, i'll just be a minute got it Cool. So, y- any final thoughts on that? So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've definitely been educated. Like, I'm a little bit nervous now, if I'm honest with you, because I, I didn't understand that's what it meant. So, uh, so. What was, are you nervous uh, about? I'm ner- I'm nervous about um. What well, you say? These organizations aren't taxpayer funded, but I I do wonder about that. And so, so yeah, I'm just nervous that we're doing purity screening on taxpayer money.
1: Yeah, but would you balance that purity screening out with the opportunity cost of hospital admissions, you know, police costs, like all of those other costs that it takes to deal with the adverse effects of bad drugs? Surely (laughs) it's a cheaper alternative to just fund people to check those drugs in the first place.
0: So you're saying, yep, definitely keep people out of hospital for taking bad drugs, but, you know, if they end up overdosing on the good shit, well, that doesn't count. That's
1: that's the thing, right? So there's, in, in the last summer when they're operating illegally, they found these pills that were like because people were trying to get as much of these of M- as much MDMA into the country as possible, they were filling these tiny little pills with hundreds of milligrams of MDMA to get it into the country. And they're not telling anybody that they're potent as, and they're actually four or five, sometimes six actual individual doses within a single pill. And they were getting these tested and, and and just being astonished by how potent they were and sent out alarm messages across the festival saying these pills are incredibly high are potent do not consume them all in one go so it's a, it's it's a, it's coming at it from both ends it's the purity scale and the potency so you're taking out all the editors and all this shit and then you're also addressing all of that oh, ultra high potent bad faith people just trying to pump people full of drugs and then you're fi- and you're getting to a point where the only stuff available in the black market is safe, usable drugs.
0: Okay, so that that brings me to a point that I definitely want to make now, and I mean, why why do we need availability of drugs at all?
1: Because people love to take them.
0: <laughs> why do you think that is? I just want to. I know you don't you don't speak for every drug user, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mindful of that, but why do you think that is?
1: Um, I guess it boils down to enhancement of a specific experience. Um, enhancement. Yeah. So you go to a festival, you enjoy some music, some, and you enjoy hanging out with your mates. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a baseline level of, of enjoyable and an experience. You add alcohol. You add MDMA, you add, uh, whatever else you want to take and it enhances that experience until you get to a point where you consume too much and it degrades your experience. So there is a, there is a, there is a, you know, a safe zone right in the middle there where you can consume a drug and safely enjoy yourself and have a good time and feel like you had a better time than if you were completely sober
0: so let me just check where we're saying that reality is not the optimum experience like, it's I, not it's I, not I, I always
1: know, the optimum experience
0: i know musicians that are really good i i know i know like you know you know sounds and experiences that lights that that are pretty buzzy so so we we're saying that real you're really saying that
1: yeah i mean i've experienced both so i've had festivals (laughs) where where i've been and i've taken drugs mdma one that i've taken quite a lot um and we and i've done it both so i've done it with mixing with alcohol and it's a different experience Where if you do it completely sober and you just have mdma And then I've also had times where I've just had nothing but water at a festival. You can still have a great time and potentially it's because everybody else is inebriated and intoxicated in some other way that the experience of the sober person can be diminished. And it also depends on who you're with. Like some people can be an absolute terrible time. If you're sober, some people can be really lovely. Like there's lots of different like factors to think about in the festival experience, but. Yeah, I mean, some things you can take a drug and it, it, it maybe it's not just specifically enhancing it changes the experience as well. Like it's different. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's better in every single respect. But it's different. I enjoy distorting my reality. I would never seek to live in a distorted reality forever. But there are times in my life, where I have safely changed my perspective by chemically altering my brain and enjoyed it and found value in it.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I know a bit about MDMA and uh, I've read some research where it can help uh, trauma victims, uh, you, know, you know, over a period of three to six months actually explore the trauma. Like, I know of counseling that's actually done with the administration of mdma for people that have experienced
1: yeah so the fda have given it like a special status to rush it through trials the the different phases so that they can put it out into the market as a prescriptive drug for people with those um yeah diagnoses yeah i mean yeah they're just because of its significant uh, impact it's cool i love it
0: so I'm aware of what it can do for people in serious trauma, you, you know, PTSD or all that. But there's also, if used improperly, it can lead to permanent psychosis. Now, bearing in mind what you said about what you like to alter your reality, and actually both of us enjoy enjoy exploring what reality is. Like, like we do that all the time on this show, so it's good. Absolutely. But... What if you were unable to return from that and you you remained in permanent psychosis?
1: I mean, that would be unfortunate. It has happened. Some people, like, I, I don't, uh, it's hard to know how much is just, like, propaganda and fear-mongering and how much of it is real, but you hear stories of, like, LSD permanently rewiring people's brains where they are experiencing symptoms of psychosis. 24 7 or at least like majority of their life and that's just like just down to your basic biology and and how your brain reacts these substances Uh, that's a pretty frightening reality serotonin syndrome is a scary thought like the fact that you can never feel any sort of like happiness you almost feel numb your whole life but you actually it's a bit like a numb glum feeling because your brain just cannot produce those chemicals that make you feel good anymore or mm-hmm. they're just so burnt out that it doesn't they don't work and that's a scary thought and i will never push myself into a position of getting close to that i have had really some periods of some improper substance use behaviors um I mean, but i they, I, they, I, I, rec- I, re- in- I recognize and i isolate that i never <laughs> make them <anything laughs> yeah. a happy
0: yeah. Thank you for sharing and just know you don't have to air yourself out on stream, but I'd never expect that of yeah. anyone. So, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, live your truth. I ain't going to get canceled.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I might, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, Simon, thanks for that. And as I say, my final thought on that is yeah. Let's continue to watch it. I mean, it goes without saying, I hope, I hope everyone has a safe and happy summer with as much reality as they care to experience <laughs> absolutely um so on, on to onto the topic that i wanted to talk about today i suppose it was least of a topic and more of a sort of a marshmallow subject to end our podcast on here tonight simon i wanted to talk about the festive season and how it can sometimes be, you you know, quite a stressful time for people. I I suppose growing up, um, it's definitely had its ebbs and flows for me. Like I've, I've had some pretty cruisy Christmases where everything has gone to plan, but I've also been a witness to some highly emotive, almost hard to comprehend situations with family family arguments and
1: dysfunctions
0: and stuff like that. I wanted to know, is, does that sound unfamiliar to you?
1: Uh, like I've got, I've got situations where I can draw comparisons, but for the most part of my entire life, my close family, my immediate family, and then, um, those that I have, you know, some relation to that I spend the Christmas time with. Never had any major issues. Everybody's always been in good spirits. Nobody's ever um, Done anything that's stolen the The show in terms of you know, how the actual Christmas events everyone's always played their parts being quite a good community um, Vibe and I think that's down to like some intentional efforts by senior members of the family to maintain an environment that is you know, positive. It's, it's not like anything's (laughs) left to develop into that situation.
0: Uh, and something I've also experienced is, is pressure around the gifts. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know if that's been a thing for you, but not, not all the time. Definitely not every year, but, uh, certainly, um, at times people have requested from me certain gifts that, pretty much seem unreasonable and then on the flip side yeah you know I might I might be in a relationship at that particular time or just be dating and it's all like hmm am I supposed to go back or go home I sort of I sort of feel that the media definitely perpetuates this idea that the the gifts are what Christmas is all about obviously I've grown out of that now so yeah so that
1: uh, yeah that's what I wanted to kind of bring as a as a comment to what you were talking about in terms of family members being quite emotional and um and hard to comprehend it's because they buy into what they consume the you know they the media feeds them this massive hype about how important christmas is and how you know it's a time of giving and you must give to people you love to show them how much you love and they build up this reality in their head of what they think christmas is going to be like and then as soon as that deviates from this this ideal picture they you know it's the it's the trigger response is the fight or flight it's something's wrong i'm agitated and it all hell breaks loose so yeah
0: and i've heard friends and family sort of say oh it's not going to be a good christmas because so that they set these standards for themselves they can't even reach and I've heard people cry to me on the phone. This is family and friends. Like, I, d- I don't want to give this picture that my family are completely insane. I mean, they are a little bit insane, but it's, 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 it's not just mm-hmm. them, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my family is so chill. Like, we've we, we, we've gone from, you know, like buying presents for everybody, and then we've downgraded to just picking names out of a hat, and you buy a one Christmas present for one of the family. So this is like my brothers and my parents. Nice. Um, the the biggest debate at the this year was we you know we have like a family dinner once a week, and my mother was adamant that it was her that organised the names in terms of drawing it out of. You know we did it electronically, and she was like, "Oh, I did it last year, so I'll do it again this year." And me and my little brother were like, "No, no, you." You didn't it was him i remember it was him he did it and then, yeah, and then <laughs> it, just, it was a massive deal and it got into like you know actual elevated mm. delivery of t- tone and because we just that was that's what we were kind of arguing over and you know she wanted to set a price limit on gifts and none of us were into that we we're just uh, we're all pretty reasonable fellows. we'll just pick a present that we know someone will like and not We're not going to be concerned about matching price with anybody else or you know setting examples but obviously she just wanted to make sure everything ran smoothly
0: (laughs) i i'm glad you've got a secret center uh story because um uh last week was the center parade and for for every cent parade i host i host a party On a balcony on Queen Street, so I get a hotel room, so we do like a balcony party type thing. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. So while everyone was there, my sister Renee, she is coordinating the secret center. And so everybody's roaring out, everything's all cool. All of a sudden, everybody's asking each other who they got. And, and i'm i'm pretty hard line actually I, i'm not gonna tell anybody anything i've got i've got people making bets on who it is that i've got because apparently because they believe i'm gonna deliver the goods actually i'm not even gonna try that hard so you heard it here first on the jade ferris show but yeah as soon as the names were drawn it was like this big hunt to find out who we've already got which kind of defeated the purpose so yeah, I, ho- I, mean, I i mean I, <laughs> I hope it wasn't that savage uh for you at your house
1: no yeah so we um yeah, we do it we like this website and you get an email and it, and um you know you click a link you go to a website and it just a name pops up this is who you have and so you know we look around the room and we all do it at the same time and you need you have this Ooh. And then that was it. Like the conversation nice. like the whole thing was over, just moved on.
0: So until I don't know how many cousins you've got or how big your extended family is, but you don't you don't feel any pressure to buy for them or
1: We used to, like when we were all kids, like that was a thing. So my parents would buy us gifts, um, and then also gifts for our cousins. But that kinda of petered out. I can't remember how old I was, <laughs> but yeah, kinda of like i think all of my my um because we spend most of my christmases with my dad's family because they're all in auckland my mother is based uh, across the country Yeah. um so yeah i think they all just kind of decided hey look yeah let's just not worry about getting presents for our cousins let's so, like the tradition here's my saturday almost had my christmas tradition it's been like this like pretty much every year besides the years we, we travel to see other family in the morning wake up um and I'll cook breakfast for the family. Uh you then be... so yeah, doing... yeah, yeah, yep. okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz my mum my mum spends the rest of the day in the kitchen, so I give her yeah. breakfast off, you know. Oh nice, so man. I... So I make breakfast. It's ham and cheese croissants with some cranberry sauce and they're bloody delicious. Um and then we do presents late morning, and then because it... my older brother was born on Christmas Day, so we do his birthday then oh. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets two presents on nice. the day.
0: You know? Nice, know.
1: It's it's a, like an unwritten rule. Do not get your, my older brother a birthday and Christmas present combined because it's, like, super ratch. Like it's just, you know, totally negates the, the fact that it's his birthday. So, yeah, I've always, always gotten him two presents. Everybody mm-hmm. has. So, yeah, we do my birthday, my brother's birthday, and then it's lunch at home. And then normally in the afternoon, we'll go to uh, some extended family member's uh, house and then... All of my brothers, uh, all of my dad's brothers and their family, so all my cousins, my grandparents will be there. Uh, And we have, like, another sort of Christmas dinner, but it's in the afternoon. And then after we eat, the guitars come out, the whiskey and the spirits come out, and it's this big Anderson sing-along until everyone decides to go home. (laughs) And that's what it's been like pretty much my whole life.
0: That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, If I was to describe how it was I say was because it's definitely adapted in the last couple of years you know my mum would pretty much be in the kitchen from 6am uh right up until about 6pm that that's when the, the dinner was she'd do everything and our spot was where everyone came to so all the cousins uh we had one auntie that we have one auntie I should say that we're really close to so she would definitely ensure she joined us for dinner we were the we were the focal point for our family so it was it was really nice my mum works really hard uh last few years though like if I was to talk about last year I actually checked myself into a hotel Christmas (laughs) Christmas Eve and woke up on Christmas day in a hotel and actually brought my daughter over there uh we made a big mess making food and the next day it was all clean and checked out on boxing day all done
1: that sounds awesome
0: so uh, it's not even one's cup of tea because I, I don't know that it seems a little bit sterile and a little bit commercial but uh, I, I i mean the value add for me is like I can just have a bit of alone time because I'm around people quite a lot for my work and stuff like that and you know the stuff I do online not not saying it's a drain on me at all but it takes a lot out of you so to have some quiet time with my daughter and just chilling you know my mum actually did come through in the afternoon and instead of her cooking for me you know you know I got some food and she ate with us and she was like, wow, I could never cook again. And I suppose because we're older now, we're we're kind of adults, there's no... Mm, Kind of. (laughs) There's no real reason why she needs to be in the kitchen for 12 hours on Christmas Day. So it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, man. Dismantling the patriarchy one Christmas day at a time. eh?
0: Yeah, and I mean, if I want to stay in a massive host hotel suite on christmas eve yeah i'm, I'm pretty much gonna do it uh That's it.
1: it's not a bad idea the whole like not having to worry about cleaning up after yourself like if you buy <laughs> a like, if you got like a penthouse or something for your whole family or an, an airbnb is another good option you know
0: Absolutely.
1: like a and an, an, a christmas holiday away i'm probably sure yeah, there's probably lots of people that do that actually you get a weekend booked around christmas and you know
0: I do wanna I do wanna just send a bit of a cheeky signal out to Attitude B and B. They can expect to hear from me pretty soon. I'm planning to book with them, hopefully in January.
1: Oh nice. That's that um that fully accessible BB with like the pool and everything, yep. eh? Yep, so Yeah, no, I have seen yeah. I sent you the um, link on that
0: I think. Just full yes, of it's time, it's... yep, I am watching the clock, so
1: no no i had a question for you have you seen uh the latest news about uh takapuna beach and its new accessibility resource installed
0: <laughs> i was gonna say how could i miss it because my my feed has been pretty much spammed by everyone i know um just want to say a big, just want to say a big shout out to the guys that use disability around that that they, they may know no quarrels about the fact they've been on a mission to secure the rights and funding for this project for 10 years. Uh, That's both an exciting fact that it's happened now, but also very disappointing it's taken this long. So for anybody directly involved with that project, big shout out from the Jade Ferrer show and everyone at the Wednesday podcast.
1: Yeah, that's right. Personally and, uh, Professionally, I have acknowledged um Yes Disability and iLead. They've done, yeah, 10 years worth of mahi. It is sad, man, that it's taken that long, mm. but the, yeah, we've just got to pray and hope and do what we can to make sure the next one takes 10 months and the next one takes 10 weeks, 10 days until, you know, it, it, everywhere has got them.
0: Uh, just, just finally on this, I wanted to say you know I was speaking to my mum earlier today and I was like well I think the next beach really should be Long Bay like uh, my mum was sort of saying "Yeah, Takapuna really because you know it's kind of an interesting beach to choose but definitely Long Bay should be next.
1: Yeah. Audi was that. a good candidate as well. It's huge. Action. Um, lots of parking. I mean, so it's a yeah, long bay is a good one as well, because you want something that's easy to access and, and, you know, doesn't require people parking miles mm-hmm. away to get to, you want the amenities around the beach to be, you know, well-established and Takapuna. It's so dense, mm-hmm. like right around the beach. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't make a great first candidate, but I mean, I guess it's a cool spot.
0: Um, uh- yeah we are we are playing with the idea of checking it out on saturday simon so what was that we'll see what happens with that but for now guys um we're we're on a bit of a time constraint here today here tonight so apologies we can't be much longer simon epic podcast as always thank you for being here
1: thank you for having me for the people um if you are going to a festival this summer in in new zealand and you are thinking about altering your reality with some substances please please (laughs) use the services available at the festival in terms of getting your drugs checked if you do come back with some results that are um scary or that you know what you thought you had is in fact dangerous just throw it in the bin don't even worry about um you know just thinking you'll be okay if it's not what you thought it is just dump it um yeah it's that they, i'm stoked to to see that we've got something rushed in with urgency before the summer let's hope they use those powers for other uh, better means and let's hope that they get some permanent legislation to cover those support services uh long term
0: yeah. and finally from me i guess you know i really do wish that everybody has a safe and Happy Christmas. I mean, Simon and I will be back. I think we've got a couple more episodes before we have to worry about Blackout.
1: Yeah, let me just check my calendar. We could go up until the 23rd if you're thinking about it.
0: 23rd? I mean, Hmm. I'm I'm not busy. (laughs) But, but, um, yeah, just really important that people have a safe and happy Christmas. Uh, don't, don't buy into the media hype about what a perfect Christmas is meant to be. A perfect Christmas is actually quality time with um, friends and family, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day and realising that we've actually got through 2020 which if we're honest has been a pretty shit year for everyone. Yeah. Uh, for now guys, thank you for being a part of the channel thank you for being a part of the journey please stay
1: awesome and we'll see you in the next one
0: awesome